Shepherds of Men is a secular movement started by three men of faith. We wholeheartedly believe that when we get the men right, we get the world right. We believe this because we believe that men are created and called to be leaders, and we believe there is an alarming deficit of leadership in our world today. And although the three of us have come from drastically different backgrounds, our core principles have given us a unified voice that is needed now more than ever to pave the way for a fundamental change in our culture. We are quite literally calling men to something great. Welcome to the movement. All right, what's up, world? This is Cam coming at you with Shepherds of Men. This is a very, very special evening, very special episode. Uh, I am here, as always, with my boys, Wilson. What's going on? And JP. Hey, guys. And a super special guest tonight, Mr. Cody Jefferson, is in the house with us from Tulsa, Oklahoma, right? Yeah, let's go. That's awesome, man. Uh, we are just getting to know Cody, and we are—I mean, we literally had about five minutes of Cody's time before we started recording, and I am fired up out of my mind already. Uh, I've been following Cody for a little while now, got introduced to him through a mutual friend, and um, very like-minded, very similar missions, we believe. Um, Honestly, I think Cody's probably just a little further down the road than we are, but a lot of the same heart and a lot of the same passion. Uh, So I'm excited about this, man. We really appreciate you being here. Um, Just a couple of quick plugs. Uh, We have been, uh, what's on the move with Shepherds of Men and the Men Reforge program, Things are launching. Things are launching quickly. We were just on the phone with uh, Brad Parnell and the guys down at Genie Rocket today. And um, well, I guess this will be next week. So whatever, yeah. a couple days ago. <laughs> um, but uh, the the, uh, the new landing page and all the stuff that's coming to direct you through the, the Men Reforce program is going to be coming out within the next week or so. Yeah, by the time um, you listen to this, by the time you listen to this, should ready be to ready to rock. So uh, we're pumped about that. We're excited about, I'm going to go ahead and put him on the spot. We're excited about Cody coming in to speak at one of our high carbon experiences soon. Let's um, go. He doesn't even know it yet, but it's going to happen. Let's go. He's excited <laughs> so, about it. I know. Yeah, he I told know. me earlier before he got on here, he's like, man, I can't wait to do one of those events for you. Yeah. It's, I'm in. It's going to be great, man. So y'all just stay tuned. I know everybody's eager, so stay tuned with that, and uh, we'll be launching soon. So um, shepherdsof.men is where you can find everything. And it's going to be all new and sexy and everything else um, before you know it. So um, without anything else, you guys have any other things y'all want to throw down? I, I want to. Let everybody get to know Cody that doesn't know him already. No, yeah, I'd like to let him speak. Yeah, I'd like to let for yeah, sure. Likewise. So, so Cody, we we cut you off. I cut you. I'll take responsibility. I cut you off from from telling some of your story because I wanted to make sure we were capturing it for the podcast. Um, so I'm just going to ask you again, as if we have no idea. Um, I, please tell us a little bit about your story, for as if you know nobody knew who you were or whatever. Um, my understanding is that you started out in ministry and then have now moved into some pretty amazing business and entrepreneurial endeavors and coaching and those kinds of things. So can you tell us about that? Yeah, of course. So Cody Jefferson, I'm from the lovely state of Oklahoma. You'll hear that in the way that I talk. It'll come through occasionally. Sometimes it, it gets buried, but <clears throat> it's there nonetheless. So first and foremost, yeah, there's there's a lot of things that we could say about what I get to do these days that's really, really fun. Some of it's, I guess, a little bit impressive. More than anything, though, I'm a dad, first and foremost, Amen. Uh, to my son, Stetson Foster. There's a, there's a lot of roles and a lot of titles and a lot of things that I get to do in this world, but nothing compares to that. That is why I do what I do. That is why I answer the question every day of what needs to die in me to become the man that I said that I would be. Everything else, you can take away from me. That's fine. I have built and rebuilt. I have lost it all, and I have gained it all. 
Uh, but at the end of the day, what I will be defined as, as is the, the father and the dad of, of my son. And so that is the role that I hold most dear. All that to say, again, uh, from here in Oklahoma, um, had a, a beautiful upbringing in a very country and rural home, uh, raised a great deal by my grandparents. And uh, yeah, I got into occupational ministry when I was 19. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I just knew that I was pretty good on stage, could hold a guitar okay, and uh, I liked talk. And so not much has changed. It's just evolved <laughs> a little bit nice. since then. Uh, I was in occupational ministry for, for 13 years, stepped out of occupational ministry, out of, uh, out of pastoring in 2017 to found Embrace the Lion, which is the, uh, the company and the movement that I, I lead today. And so what brought me to that point in 2015, uh, I went through a fairly public divorce uh, no moral failing, nothing like that. I was just, uh, I was a little too addicted to the affirmation and the attaboys and the accolades. And so I sacrificed everything that I loved on the altar of my ministry. And uh, in the midst of that, in 2016, went through a fair amount of trauma and loss, um, several family members and friends to unrelated tragedies, still being all things to all people, still being front facing leader. You know, God's got a plan. Everything's going to work out to his glory. You just got to have faith. You got to pray more. And damn it, I was doing all the right things. I was saying all the right prayers. I was tithing all the right ways. Uh, but in the midst of it, the trauma caught up to me and my body ended up going septic. 106 fever, unconscious for a few days, losing a bunch of weight and recognize like, is this what is this what's going to take me out? Is this it? This is this is what it's going to be. Mm. And uh recognized that my, my son deserved better and I wasn't going to sacrifice my soul or my son on the altar of my success. And so stepped out of occupational ministry to, to try to figure out what was next, right? And, and try to figure out how do I help guys like me? Because I recognized that all of my life wasn't, wasn't over, that the pulpit was preparation for the platform God had planned. I just didn't quite know what that path would look like. And so couldn't find anything, so I created it. And now over the past four and a half years, we've built a you know, fairly solid little movement. We've got uh, around 4,200 men that we lead every single day. I uh, walk alongside some, some pretty influential and what we would say important people in the world um, in helping them answer the questions that money doesn't. So uh, helping build organizations and infrastructures, helping build culture within organizations, helping entrepreneurs and founders grow their endeavors without sacrificing their soul on the altar of their success, pastors, ministers, speakers as well. Uh, become fairly well known in the industry for being the guy that uh, that walks alongside uh, people of influence, and and again helping them create balance and autonomy within their lives, and to help them become the men that they said that they would be. And so, yeah, it's been a it's been a wild ride, and here we are. I feel like I'm just getting started. Sound like you're just getting started, man. That's freaking yeah. awesome. Wild. I, I want to go back to something you said that um, I didn't really Please. know, which I don't, I don't know a, a ton about you. Like I said, I've been trying to learn as much as I can because I've been very intrigued yeah. from what I've seen, and, and, I'm, and I'm glad we're having this time. But you said something about the, the pulpit being the platform to set you up for, for what you're doing now, something mm-hmm. to that effect. Um, I know I can relate to that a lot, not from the pulpit. I was never in, in uh, occupational ministry. And I think these guys probably know where I'm going with this too. But um, the the way that we all got to know each other was through some other business endeavors where we had some success and we had opportunities to be influential and we had opportunities to even speak and coach and do those kinds of things. And and it was something that was very um, enticing. Like I, I loved it. I like more so than the actual business numbers part of it. I love the opportunity to help people and coach people and, and grow myself, you know, and and fill my cup so I could overflow into others and all those things. And 
when that was coming to a head and realizing that that wasn't going to be the direction that my life went, which I thought it was, I really thought that was the long-term thing that I would do. I, I realized that it was just setting me up to understand what my long-term thing was, which is what became Shepherds of Men. Um, and this really move our podcast is called the movement. You use that word a couple of times. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and that's very much how we feel about it. So, uh, that's pretty awesome, man. I think there's probably a lot of overlapping mission and purpose here. Yeah. I love what you're sure. doing. Yeah, <clears throat> I really, I really do, man. I love what you're doing. I think a lot of the reason that we started what we're, what we're doing with shepherds of men was because we saw that there was a gap there. Um, you know, been very influential in the church. I did a lot of the youth, uh, youth stuff. I mean, younger kids probably was nowhere near as polished as you, uh, when it came to ministry, we just served, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But what, what we, what I found in the church was I saw like, I, f- I felt like the church was very, very meek and, and like meager when it came to men, like women were very involved in the church, but men were not necessarily involved in the church. I think it's cause men need different things from their, their faith, right. Than, than women do. And, uh, one of the things that I saw was that men weren't, weren't necessarily involved and, and, and I'm a firm believer. And I tell people all the time, like you, you don't necessarily have to believe how I believe, but there is a book that's probably the best piece of literature that's ever been written that you can read without, you know, the intention of praying to God that will guide you in a direction that will make you a fulfilled life and a good father and a good husband and, and all the different things and stuff. So that was a, that was a big deficit that we saw. I grew up without a dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I, I know what it's like to grow up yeah. without a dad. Thank, you know, thank, thank the Lord that I, I ran into some people that, that were influential in my life and, and put me on the right path. Cause it would have been very easy for me to go the wrong direction. Uh, but it sounds like that's something that you found, right? Like you saw that there was a deficit there. There was a gap for men and it was an opportunity for you to fill it. Yeah, you know, there was just a there was a real lack of 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 real accountability and leadership. But, you know, when you reach the top of whatever that proverbial mountain is, uh, you find that there's no one there to hold you to the standard because you've set it. Mm-hmm. And and the problem with people who are addicted to climbing mountains, like myself, probably like you guys, is that when you find yourself at the top of that mountain you find yourself then burning it straight to hell because all you know how to do is climb. Yep. Hmm. And yep. so what we find is this lack of accountability, lack of structure, lack of processes and systems. And, you know, when, when everything that we're doing is tied to purpose, because in the church, everything is purpose driven, right? Like there's right. books on this, like, <laughs> and, and we have to find what that one thing is because heaven forbid it be more than one thing. Mm. Or heaven forbid it, just be living a life of integrity driven towards, again, reaching a potential, not because it's what you're called to, because it's some sort of uh, platform you have to reach, but because it's, it's an outpouring of, of who you're just called to be, right? So it's not right. this expectation, it's just an outpouring. Well, what happens is we don't ever learn how to continue setting new mountaintops to climb because we can, we just end up burning them to the ground. And so what I found was, yeah, there was just a lack of accountability and a lack of structure. There was a lack of... Um, It was just a lack of, of real masculine brotherhood mm. to tie to. Yeah. <clears throat> and so we created it. There you go. I love that. Right? You what said does that it mean too. to be? And it's, it's, listen, I get, I get, we've all got, well, for the most of part, we've all got beards. We're kind of missing one. But, <laughs> uh, the, well, that never comes up. Got, yeah. 
Got a little, got a little, little goatee. Yeah, I got the, yeah, yeah. yeah the rest of it patch. comes in real thick too. Well, he makes it up with small shirts. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. Makes up for it. Listen, I'm I'm the same way. My son is six, and most people think we share shirts. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's I'm fine. only joking yeah. because I'm jealous. So. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not, yep, I'm the one without the beard. Yeah. But uh, well, you know. but what, what I say, I say that to say like it, masculinity isn't about the beard you grow. It's not about the tattoos that you have. It's not about the fact that you ride a Harley or you don't, or that you chop wood or you don't. It's not a about any of that it's it's really about how a man conducts his own emotions how he creates autonomy in his home and how he leads himself in the conversation of not only healing you know the trauma of his own childhood and youth but then what he does to create a life of fulfillment and purpose and how he drives that towards a common mission of edifying god in his life because that's the frame that i operate from again i am a believer so your mileage may vary and and we're just we we've done a really good job in culture of creating really really soft men, mm, right. uh, men that have no emotional resiliency, men who are nothing more than Peter Pans of their own, you know, <laughs> performance addicted to porn and other things. That, that yep. we we've created a again this idea that that boys never grow up. They don't know how to grow mm. up. They don't know how to grow up, manage their own emotions, how to manage their home. One of the greatest gifts that we can give our sons is teaching them how to keep their house in order. And so. Uh, and how to have a healthy fear of God, but also a healthy love of God and love of his people. So, yeah, that's what we're here to do. We, so true. We, we've, we've, we've vilified masculinity. That was one of the yeah. things that, oh, that... boy, we can get on that, can't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That we can get on of, anything. Yeah, yeah that, was one of the, that was one of the things that really drove us big time, because we believe, like, you, you hit the nail on the head, and I appreciate you saying what you just said, and that, it, was, it was very well spoken, a lot better than I'm going to put it here. But what, what, I, what I believe is that the 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 masculinity thing has been twisted to the point where it's like people believe that masculinity are all these bad things about men, right? Like all this stuff, like the he-man kind of guy walking in there, beating on it's his chest, toxic, grabbing so his bad, woman right? by the back of the hair and, and dragging her to the yeah. bedroom or telling her to go in there and wash dishes and sit down on the couch and drink a beer and stuff. And that, that was one of the big things for us was to redefine masculinity. Like you guys got it wrong. You guys missed right. it. That's that's not what masculinity is. You know, like you said, masculinity is a man that gives the greatest gift that he can get to his family, and that's his happiness because he's got his house in order yep. Yep. and he's got things yep. in line like they should be. Yep. Well, right. and two things. One, the Peter Pan analogy is funny that because I think about you know you, you do realize that usually a, a female plays Peter Pan when it's in in theaters and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that tells you everything mm-hmm. you need to know about that. Well, because it'd be disturbing if you had a man in tights. <laughs> well, those like tights, that. Are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's only one movie could pull that off, right? Right. Did you say Abe Lincoln? <laughs> um, so, and the other one was something that'll come back to when I when I remember what it was. So, uh, well, well, my favorite thing about your story, just get to know you, Corey. Um, or is Cody, Cody, Cody? Sorry, similar but different word. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yep. Had that. Um, sorry. That, that's you get to know me. I, I just come up with my own words and just say. He's whatever. the golden retriever of this relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Cody, but um, I really like that you you went to find a, a place to to kind of serve and couldn't find the, the 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 position or what you were saying, and you just created it. You created what needed to be done. And the cool thing is, with your story, I think that what God does sometimes to us is just bring us to our low, and then that we we just put a hundred percent our our faith in, in trust in Him, uh, because when you get to that low and you're like, okay. Other people have experienced the same thing, and you became victorious, and you didn't say, "Hey, I'm going to be in, I'm going to be." You know, sucking my thumb and, and say, "Oh, well, poor pitiful is me," and and, and now I'm a, I'm a victim of my circumstances. You became a victor and and controlled your environment and said, "Hey, yeah, this sucked, 
but I'm not going to die from here. I'm not going to stop. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep going. And now you're in a position where you can affect, effectively help other people that has been in the same shoes. And because men who really are successful, just like how he kind of Cam kind of alluded to, a lot of us when we got so focused in what we were doing, it kind of helped hurt our, our marriages and yeah. hurt other parts in our lives. And we weren't able to have that balance or just didn't know any better. And then you feel guilty because you gave you gave a day uh, to your family when your business is starting to suffer or whatever the case may be, you just, you kind of play these like mind tricks in your, in your brain and you feel like you just always got to continue to grind. And, and it, that's not, that's not the case. There are times that yeah. it's, it's more important to slow down and, and spend that time and say, Hey, I'm here. I'm not, I'm just not here, but I'm actually here with you. We're spending this time together. And that was really cool yeah. that you, well, and, you talked about that. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's even, uh, it's even more imperative for me being a co-parent. So again, my, my son's mother and I are not married. She is remarried. And uh, so my son has the bonus dad and we're all incredibly close. We do a lot of things together. We vacation together. Um, we hang out, uh, at least a couple times a week. We do trivia nights together. We do game nights, their house. We, uh, we make sure. So none of us grew up with, with healthy functioning set of parents like some have had you know step parents stuff but like our, our our bio parents we all have fractured relationships and so it was very very important to us that even in the midst of us having you know a a split home that that we healed those generational roots so that our that our son never had to experience it and so that's huge you know it is it is the it is the fact that you know there's it doesn't matter where I travel in the country it doesn't matter I'm always back on a Wednesday because I pick my son up every Wednesday so it doesn't you can't pay me enough to be gone on Wednesday mm-hmm. can't pay That's me enough to be gone on the weekends that I have my son you can't pay me enough to be gone and, and miss his baseball games you'll see in my stories like I'm I'm the dad that's loud and proud mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Amen Amen good. brother we all are and yeah. so. Uh, there, there is this this idea that I'm trying to instill in my son that uh, that you can have it all, that you can create success. Listen, I I'm in six verticals. Uh, I'm I, humbly I'm I'm considered one of the leading coaches in the country and in, in, in walking with founders and um, entrepreneurs and business owners scaling to exit. Uh, I'm a contributor to Forbes, Business Insider, Entrepreneur. Um, I'm a I'm an advisor to a venture capital firm and a private equity company. And so in the midst of all of that, if I can have a really fun time doing it, travel the country mm-hmm. speaking, taking my son with me, taking the co-parents when they can, they got two 18 month old little girl, twin girls, and she's pregnant. Like, listen, they got a full quiver. Um, wow. I don't understand you that. You got to slow down. You got to stop, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pulling up. Um, you can have it all. And, and, the fact that we can we can joke about things like that, you know, and the yep. fact that we can all be friends, um, you can have it all, and we get to show our kids what's possible. Right. Well, I think it, and this was something, and it's something I'm still learning to a degree, and probably always will. I hope is you know, like we've been talking about, is as a man, I think in our culture and our society, it's always for the. Um, maybe for the two percent or even the twenty percent to a degree is chasing something, chasing the goal, chasing the top of the mountain, whatever it is, and you feel like that mm-hmm. is what you're supposed to do. What I had to realize is my marriage was starting to splinter, and and I didn't even realize how much relationship building time I was missing with my kids. Um, because I felt like, well, this is my purpose. This is what I'm supposed to do. So it would be wrong for me not to do this. I'm being a good example. Yada yada yada. BS BS. And then when I came to that, okay, well, you can keep doing that and lose your wife, 
or you can prioritize differently. And I thought that was bullshit to start with, that I was having to choose. But then when I got over myself and got over my, my ego and, and how I'd been mm-hmm. programmed, I realized yeah. that, oh, my actual number one purpose in life is to lead my household, mm. you know, to, to lead my wife and lead my kids and be an example for them. And then to build from that. And I heard you say this recently, building from your, you'll have to say it because I don't remember the exact uh, verbiage. It was something you put out recently. It was brilliant. You're, 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 you're building from your platform or from your purpose, not to it or whatever it was. Um, it was so much gold. You might not even remember it. It was your that purpose good. was your foundation and you build. From well, your it's, it's, it's that so many times we, we build because we're trying to live up to an expectation. And we think that this, this is what we have to do because it's what we're called to, or this is what we have to do because this is what God has called us to. And so we create a really, really unhealthy expectation for what we think God's call on our life is, which for those of us in leadership, we start to get really confused about God and call and call and God and God and job and job and God and God's got to come first and my job's got to come first. And, but then my family's got to come first, but my family just needs to understand it. So we create this unrealistic, unhealthy expectation to live up to rather than an abundance and a call that we get to live out of. Mm-hmm. So our potential isn't an expectation we live up to, right? It's an overflow of God's call in our life that we get to live from. And so that yep. might've been what I yep. was saying. That was it. Yep. That was it. Very that was much it. more powerful. eloquent than us. <laughs> That's um, very powerful. But yeah, and, I talk you know, for a living. So, <laughs> well, we're working on that. I've, been, I've just been talking for 20 years. <laughs> we're working awesome. on that. Um, that's what we're aspiring to. Yeah, I was listening to some Andy Frisella today. He was actually on another podcast, called, which was really cool. Um, profession, nice. Professional Development or something like professional. that. Professional. Yeah. No, it's really cool. good. Um, he was a guest on there, and, and he was talking about something that we've said a lot. I've never heard him say it, but we, we, we talk about making deposits before you make withdrawals. And mm-hmm. he's talking about it from a corporate perspective of, you know, how do you really create success? And it is literally now I'm not against looking at numbers. I, I saw your story recently talking about, you know, you're saying your business is failing. You're not, you don't know what the numbers are. I agree with that a hundred percent. Yep. On, at the same token, um, if you just take your eyes off the numbers uh, for a minute and real, I think it's maybe take your heart off the numbers and put it into how much value are we adding to people? Like, are we, do we truly sure. have, as my pastor said this past week, does your, your motives matter? You know, like why mm-hmm. you're doing what you're doing really matters. And that not just from a corporate business perspective, but from a, from a man perspective, from a leadership and, and a father and husband perspective, like de- making those deposits without an expectation of a result uh, is yeah. when you really actually start getting the result when you really actually start living, uh, in, in, in a, a huge blessing. I mean, it's like, it's night and day as, as I can tell by it's, it's, it's easy to make millions of dollars. It's, it's really, it's really hard to be content with those millions of dollars that you're not called. Mm. And it's hard to spend dollars. You're not called to do. It's not a conversation of ethics or what you can do. You're not called to it why you see a lot of guys that I work work with and walk alongside these guys are they're really good at making money but if you're not called to it you're going to spend it trying to convince yourself of all the ways that you're worth what you're making that's why we get caught up in addiction this is why we get caught up in overspending this is we get caught up in burning the mountain down to the ground right because we're not called to it you're not called. This is not a, again. This is not a conversation of what you can do. This is not a conversation 
of what you're equipped to do. This is not a conversation of, of ethically, even what you can do. You're not called to it. It's awful hard, awful hard to be content with. Yeah, I would agree with that. And that's one of the biggest things that we talked about, you know, with shepherds of men and what we're doing here is we found a deficit in men that really just aggravated us. It was just a, it was a thorn in our side as, cause we work with people in our professional lives, you know, obviously every single day. Well, and we've also all got sons too. And we we realize like the next generation has to have it better. Right. And and we have several boys uh, that were, (laughs) Josh just keeps making, yeah, just, yeah, that we're, we're raising up currently. Um, but, but that was a, that was a big thing with what we did here. And that was an agreement that we came to at the very beginning was like, um, you know, money is a byproduct of what we're doing, right? We, we're not, we're not focused on the money. We're not focused on, I mean, obviously the more money that you have, the bigger, the platform that you can work off of, the bigger, the following, and it's a blessing from God to do that kind of stuff. But our heart and our focus has always got to stay on what our purpose is. And like, like you just, you just alluded to whenever you were talking about it, it's like, is, is that, is that where you should be? Or are you just chasing some imaginary idol, you know, over to the mm-hmm. side uh, that that you think is going to make you happy, but it never will. And that's where you find those miserable people. But you know, one of the things that we really want to do is we re- we really want to make an impact. And that's one of the things. Like when we see, you know, gentlemen like yourself um, mm-hmm. and and other individuals that are doing it. It's just like you were just talking about the bro, whatever it is, professional professionals or whatever it is, <laughs> professional development. Podcast. I I, yeah. I don't get I don't get. There's there's no there's no sense of jealousy or competition mm-hmm. or anything no. when it comes to stuff like that. It's like that is so needed in our society today. Yeah. That I, I that excites me that there are different patches all over the country right now where, where where men are stepping in the gap and going, listen, fellas, we have a huge responsibility as men mm-hmm. to do what needs to be done and to lead. And when men do not lead, and we talked about this in a previous episode, when men act badly, bad stuff happens. Men have got to step up. Men have got to fill the gap. But in order for men to fill the gap, they need to be equipped to do that. They need to be empowered to do that and not beat down and talked about how, as a man, you shouldn't be, you know, the one that leads the house and stuff like that because masculinity is a bad thing and everything. And it's, it's sometimes men just need that reassurance. Uh, but that was one of the things that was, uh, and I, I think it's really cool that you say that because I think they're like yourself and other, other movements that are out there are really focused in the right direction, right? All the other stuff are byproducts of what you get, uh, but the fulfillment comes from really making an impact. Yeah. Well, and an impact starts with a fulfilled life. Right. And understanding where your core identity and your core values come from. And again, it's out of that that we're able to, to create and we're able to create a deep sense of fulfillment. And that's our responsibility. I mean, if the king doesn't rise, the kingdom dies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you know, and a, a lot of that, uh, as we discussed this this initiative, you know, originally before we even knew what it was going to look like, and as we're still learning how it's it's kind of manifesting, was we realized that there's a, a fatherless generation, yep. you know, yeah. and, and kudos to you for being the opposite of that, you know, when you could have very easily done what a lot of you know, a lot of weak ass men do, you know, and maybe it's cause they just never had an example or they just don't have a foundation or whatever, but is, you know, you went through a tough time. Um, you were divorced and it, a lot of the dudes are out of the picture for the kid, you know, and then your son suffers for it and it's not his fault, you yeah. know, and, and you've done exactly the opposite of that. Not only not done that, but prioritized being that father figure. And that's something that we're, we're kind of in that position where we feel like not only do we need to, um, raise up that next generation and be fathers for our own kids. Um, but we need to make sure that the people, the men that are already grown 
are already grown, realize that it's not too late. Well, not like, only that, but highlight yeah. individuals like yourself. Right. Right. Like what you've done, and you say it kind of like, hey, this is something that's important to me and stuff, and it's kind of passive. That's a big freaking deal, man. Yeah. Like what you're doing is a really big deal. Yeah. And and we we want to make sure that what we do is is to highlight individuals like that. Mm-hmm. Like you can be rich and drive Lamborghinis and do all this stuff that you want to do and stuff. But if you're an absent father and you've raised three shitheads uh, because you weren't around that turn out to be toxic to society. What good did you really do in your life? That's mm-hmm. it. But you what? got a Lamborghini. The profit man to gain the world and then sacrifice his soul. Come on. <laughs> yeah. That's right. But yeah. see, the True. thing about it is we, we shouldn't be looking at guys like that. And, and, and that's the problem with society and what we're looking at now is the, the guy that rents a Lamborghini that's all fancy and stuff. And I'm not saying that I don't like nice stuff. I, I drive a Lamborghini in a heartbeat. I'm not saying that. But we need to take men and raise men up that are doing what the, the hard stuff. Like what you're doing right now with the co-parenting thing, Like I, I co-parent as well. Um, with yeah. my, my 12 year old son, uh, I, I'm not nowhere near as good as you are about it. We we've, we've created a relationship over 12 years. That is a, a comfortable, you know, give and take kind of relationship in that situation. Uh, but I'm not playing board games at their house <laughs> and stuff like that. And what's no, but I mean, real, real shit though. What's really cool about that is your son, like he doesn't miss a beat in life right now because it's yeah. not it's it, there's mm-hmm. never a question like am i wanted here am i not wanted right. there am I, is there the give and take and stuff like it's probably seamless for well him. i'll tell you as a as an example of the child that went through that in your son's position my parents weren't playing board games together either but at, when i was a kid i had no clue that they didn't get along not a clue mm-hmm. like they they did everything in their power to make my childhood as quote unquote normal as possible when they divorced when i was two years old but I, I, there's wow. nothing where I look back and go, man, my childhood was crummy because my parents were divorced or anything. I, I just had a great family here and I had a great family over here and, and they yeah. made it work. And, and I will just tell you, not that you need to hear it from me, but I'll tell you as, as a grown man, um, what that did for me, I didn't, you know, didn't realize obviously at the time, but now it's like, it, it's all the difference in the world. You know, it really is. So Mm-hmm. And my story is a little different. I actually had a had my fa- my mom and my dad pitted pitted the kids against each other, uh, against mm. the parents. Like so, that's refreshing that you actually went above and beyond instead of saying your wife or your mom is a piece of shit. You know, whatever she lied, she did this, whatever, and bring up all these bad situations. And my mom never did that initially my dad kind of did like started it and then my mom just kind of fed to it like just saying well tell him he did this you know it's kind of defending herself and um it gave me a a perspective that i would never have happen in my life if 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 worst case comes to worst but i believe in you know forever and and we all do we all go into it you know hey it's it's never going to happen to us but you can't really say that because you don't know what life is going to deal you and it might be something that like what you're just doing if you let me ask you a question if you didn't experience what you experienced and got to that low, would you be where you're at today or would you still be doing the same old thing? And what is your life more fulfilling now than it was then? Are you talking to me? Yes, sir. <laughs> it all had to happen. Yep. I don't entertain what could have been because that's the frame of reality that doesn't exist. Right. Uh, far too many times we live in this idea of past and what we romanticize what could have been and that does nothing but keep us in a frame of history and it keeps us stuck you know, uh, i'm not i'm not israel i'm not going to circle that mountain for 40 years looking for my promised land my promised land is found through the portal of the present and that's the only place that reality exists so i don't 
I don't try to future cast a reality that isn't yet here. I don't try to live into a future that isn't yet here. I don't over romanticize a past that doesn't exist. It's nothing more than a collection of my memories. It serves to confirm my own suspicions about what I think is real. What is real is what is right now. Hmm. And that's the only frame that I live in. And so I, I am grateful that everything has happened the way that it has. I grew up with two parents that, listen, in my 37 years, I've never sat down together. I've never had a meal with my parents. I've never had them in the same room together. Never, never, never in my life. And that is not the present that I'm creating for my son. That is not the present that my son's mother, her husband, and I are creating for our kids together. Uh, we're creating something different. And that is the frame that I'm concerned with. And that is the frame that I live into and I speak into and I pray into and that I create every single day. And so do I, do I think it all had to happen? Yeah, it all had to happen exactly how it happened. Because if it hadn't, I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I wouldn't be walking alongside the incredible men and women that I am. I wouldn't be having this conversation with you right now. And uh, we, we wouldn't be entertaining um, the movements that we are in the ways in which we're living and moving and have our being in the ways in which God is using every single one of us, the four of us and every single listener of this podcast and this show, it all had to happen. That was a, the best answer. So, <laughs> I almost want to applaud you. That's so good. It's okay. So, we can yeah. Have you done this before? Shit. Yeah, <laughs> you've done this before. Have you done this before? First time. <laughs> he still doesn't know if we're talking to him. There, you're talking to him. <laughs> Cody, we well, are I'm, talking I'm watching to you. all of you talk, and I'm trying to discern whether you're looking at me or looking at each oh, other. I guess we need to look at the camera. <laughs> oh, right? We need to look yeah. at you there. Yeah. Is that you over there? Okay. Hi. Yeah. Oh, welcome. Yeah. We have, we, we have multiple Tell cameras. Tell us about looking yourself. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's up, guys? Huh. I see you checking us out. So, yeah, so right. one one of the things that uh, you know we've we've been a very big proponent of is before we did this, we wanted to make sure that there was kind of non negotiables about our lives and our our principles and what we stand on and stuff like that because. Ultimately, you know, obviously, like like Wilson just said, you you're always looking at the the the, the best and and what you know the expectations are of what what you're gonna do. And and I'm an optimistic type of person. So before things get great, you know, what's the most important things uh, as as far as where you build your foundation on? What are your principles in life? And a lot of times, I think where men have things mixed up is where their priorities lie. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things we talk about a lot, and I think we're all pretty aligned. Um, with uh, from a priority standpoint of God, country, family, business in that order, um, you know, if the God part isn't right, that needs to be focused on before anything else. And then, you know, obviously, you know, without without a country, we can't we can't where we don't have the freedom uh, that we have to do what we need to be doing. So the country is extremely important. And then our family, obviously, before the business aspect, and it sounds like you have that very much so in line. So do you have I mean, just just for the listeners um, on our podcast, like where, where, how do you how do you draw that out very simply for your life? In terms of what? Help me help me frame that out. What do you, so, what are you it, looking for? Yes. Yeah, so, so as far as your your priorities in life. So one of the things that like I think as a man, I think most men are very simple at their core. Like give me, you know, black and white, one, two, three, four, five, you know, kind of thing. And and w- when we talk about priorities, we talk about God, country, family, business, and in mm. that order. So yeah. God is number one, country is number two. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So my priority, first and foremost, is my faith. Yep. So uh, which means that my pri- my second priority is myself. So every morning I'm waking up, I'm waking up early and I'm filling my own cup because I can't pour from an empty cup. I did that in ministry for about a decade and it almost killed me. And the thing about people is people are thirsty. Mm-hmm. And people are thirsty for a water that I can't provide them, but God can. It is a living water. So it is my responsibility to fill my cup up with his word 
with his provision, with his promise. And so every morning I am up at 345 <clears throat> and I'm in the word for at least two hours. It's not because I have to, because I get to. It's That's because every day, again, I'm answering the question of what needs to die in me to become the man that I said that I would be. And that means that I can't frame that in my own accord. And so there's God, there's me, then my son, then my circle. Because understand that I am only as strong as the accountability that I surround myself with. So I surround myself with strong, capable, competent, godly men. And they know everything about me. Three minutes before this call, I got off the call with one of my brothers. We talked for about an hour and 15 minutes. Before that, I was on a call with my brothers in Elite, which is one of the masterminds that I lead. We're on a conversation for about two and a half hours on how iron sharpens iron and how we strengthen each other in life and business. So there's God, there's me, there's my son, there's my circle. Obviously, there's my family. Those are my top five. I like that. Um, so, and the reason that I wanted to ask you that specifically is because obviously you're more mature uh, in your in your business endeavor uh, with what you're doing right now, and you deal with a lot of men. Um, you know that that are whether they're it's it's a depression thing or just a lack of fulfillment in life or whatever it may be. Do you find that a lot of men do not have those priorities in order? Yeah, I mean, they do to the extent of listen. You can be so do men have their priorities in order so much as they're aware of their priorities? Mm. Yep. Listen, you can be completely honest with yourself and still not be telling the fucking truth. Mm. Yep. So it's incredibly important and imperative that you have people around you, whether they be coaches, mentors, pastors, friends, brothers, that, that can hold you accountable to what it is that you say that you want. Because you show me what you do and I'll show you what you actually believe about yourself and what you believe to be possible for yourself. You show me... You show me what you do, and I'll show you the fruit of the tree that you're trying to grow. Mm. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you write on social media. I don't care about what you post in your story. I don't care about any of that. I don't care about how many viewers you got on your podcast. I don't care. Show me the fruit. Mm. Show me what you're doing, actually. And I'll show you what I'm doing. So do, do, are, do I find that men have their priorities skewed? I find that men have their priorities in order to a baseline of what they actually want in this life. Because again, show me what you do, I'll show you the fruit. Hmm. Problem is, again, most men are not telling the truth. They're being honest with themselves, but honesty and the truth are two very, very different things because we get too emotionally attached to what it is that we say that we want, which is usually confirmed by the suspicions of our history. And so when we can find accountability and when we can find someone who will be objective, that is unemotionally attached to the outcome, that is unemotionally attached to our history and the story that we present ourselves, then we can find usually the priority that we're seeking. And we can find the baseline of the expectation that we say that we're serving. And in the middle of all of that, we can then see where the truth lies and we can then find um, a pathway to whatever that paradise is that we're seeking. Mm. Yeah, I love I love that. And it came, I know you got something on the tip of your tongue, but you said you can be completely honest with yourself and still not be telling the fucking truth. Dude, I'm a, I'm gonna write that on my board. I'm gonna write that on my board at the house because that, that right there that right there hit me really hard, man. I appreciate that. Uh, that's yeah. that's that's a mouthful, 
That tells you everything that you need to know. Uh, big, big reason why mentorship is so important in your life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I think that's awesome, man. Well, and that it's interesting that the conversations go in this direction because I told the guys before we started, I was like, I don't have like questions for Cody. I just want to, I want to talk to Cody, <laughs> right. I, which I'm kind of known for that. Like I'm not the bullet point guy. Uh, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not prepared in that sense in the outline, but uh, I'm prepared to to be open and honest and, and let it rip. Um, but one of the thoughts on my mind this week that you know it just kind of popped up in some quiet time or whatever was I, i'm hearing you tell how your schedule is how you know 345 in the morning two hours in the word and, and and i've seen just just the little bit i see on social media you know how productive your day is um and, and we use busy not productive because those are different sure um we use productive not, not busy because those are different <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we in society <laughs> yeah, use yeah, busy right, right. Right. um but you know some men hear that or some males hear that before they're they're into that uh man mindset and and it's over maybe overwhelming or maybe like hell to the no you know like this sure. this is crazy and and they think they're going to be worn out you know and i got to to thinking and i'd love to hear your input on this i got to thinking about how like in how life is kind of the reverse of other things when it comes to being quote unquote worn out so like what i put in my notes was uh like your clothes like it doesn't matter how long you've had them it matters what you've done in them so if you if you're working out in them a lot or working in them a lot or doing all this, like you're you're wearing them down or tires on your car if you're driving a lot they go faster right they wear down mm-hmm. faster life sure. life is different everybody thinks that if you're up early and you're in the word and then you're working out and then you know then you're hustling all day for your business and then you're you know flying home to make sure you're getting your son and you're doing all these things it sounds exhausting but really the truth is it's the opposite of that like you're energized by that mm-hmm. I know I am. Well, not yeah, only I mean, that, but when you're, when you're in your purpose and you're on purpose and you're living for purpose, with purpose, by purpose, right? And everything is an outpouring of, of again, not an expectation that I'm living up to, but an abundance that I get to live out of. It's all a gift. Mm-hmm. It's all a gift. And understand, like, it sounds like I'm incredibly busy. I'm actually not. Mm-hmm. I have a really amazing team because one of the things that I understand is that my no is more important than my yes. Mm. And so you'd be amazed at the things that I say no to, or that I automate, delegate, or eliminate in my life so that I can focus on the things that I want to focus on. Right? He just told I'm us here how, on how podcast. he prioritized us. It's 7.49 p.m. Yep. right yep. now here in Oklahoma. Right. And we're here on this podcast. And I, listen, I'm as, I'm as fresh as I was this mm. morning. Why? Because I only do things that light me up. Right. Mm. Mm. Yep. 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 I say no more than I say yes. It sounds like I'm really busy. It sounds like that. But the truth of the matter is, is I've been getting up that early since I was a kid. It's not because I have to. It's just I don't even set an alarm. It's just what I do. Mm-hmm. People ask me, like, what's your why? Like, why do you do that? Because I do. Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm not telling you you have to. I'm not telling you it's even a good idea for you. I don't know you. Right. It might be a hell of an idea, a horrible idea if you try to wake up as early as I do. I'm not trying to frame that around you. I don't know you. Why do I do it? Because I do it. Because I, I had to get up early as a kid, and so I learned to get up really early. It's not romantic. It's not sexy. It's not because some fucking book told me to, because I think it's going to how I'm going to win the morning. It's not, it's not any of that. It's not a, I make I, my bed first thing every single morning. You know why? Because if I didn't as a kid, I'd get my ass handed to me. <laughs> so I just learned to make my truth. damn bed. <laughs> yeah. But that's important to state, though, because it's yeah. not a magic pill. It, it, it's you not. Know, it, the no, recipe is not the like, same. 
if you do these seven things before five o'clock in the morning, <laughs> right. the fucking productive fairy is going to come over and dust all over your day, is and it, you're just going to piss excellence. Yeah. Yeah. No. Is she related right. to Peter Pan? Yeah, right. Yeah, no, yeah, I would, I would, I would totally agree with that. I, I'm a big proponent of earning your pillow, though. I think one of the reasons that yeah. people that are highly productive in their lives, and not, I'm not talking about busy, like what you just said. I'm not a busy individual. I get a lot of shit done throughout the day, but I'm not busy. I'm very good at, like you said, the delegation and stuff like that. Uh, but I earn my pillow by the end of the day. And when I sleep, I sleep very well That's because it. I don't have anything on me when I go to sleep. No. I, dude, I was up like, I, I'm, I'm not up at 3.40. Well, I, let me rephrase that. <laughs> last night, Just were, last couple yeah. minutes. <laughs> and 3.15. Yeah, and every, every, every hour <laughs> with this this new baby. And apparently my 15-month-old has, has got some kind of well, contagion. Well, he's competitive. He's competitive. <laughs> he wants, yeah. He's yeah. highly competitive. Yeah. Uh, but I think, that's, I think that's great. I think, you know, luckily for you, you learned that early on. Uh, um, you know, I think there is some magic to getting up early. I don't think there's any kind of certain recipe that's like, hey, if you do these seven things, like you said, the fairy will touch you. Uh, you know, <laughs> so great. Now that, that that yeah, that was probably not not appropriately addressed there. But anyways, if you do get up <laughs> earlier, though, you know, starting off earlier, you got to reprioritize if you're waiting for the fairy to touch you. Yeah, fairy, I need you. Different so problem for all the single men, for all the you single know, men that are listening. To this, know, get up early, the fairy will touch you. <laughs> yeah. for, for all intents and purposes, there is something really beautiful to waking up early and waking up before the sun's sure, out. Yeah. I think yeah. There is something yeah. inherently masculine about that. I think that mm -hmm. a man who is on purpose living with purpose, I, I think that there is an approach to your day that starts in the morning that, that approaches it with a certain level of gratitude and a certain level of effectiveness and a certain level of fervency and a certain level of direction and a focus. I think that's important. I think that it's important for a man to have purpose. A man without purpose, it's been said, is a ship without a rudder. Right. So for me, I'm waking up and I'm waking up in gratitude. That's the first thing that I do every single morning is as I, you know, I, mean, I, I focus on gratitude and I focus on making my bed and doing things that, again, create a sense of completion. Because if I can start my day winning, if I can start my day by completing things, then all I know is I've got to just keep the winning streak going because I've, I've, I've already started by winning. And again, when we, when we create patterns, what we're doing is we're, we're creating a system for our brain that says, like, this is what I do. This is who I am. I finish what I start. I complete the task in front of me. I create autonomy in my life. And I focus on the mission that is moving forward. And so when we talk about being busy, I'm not incredibly busy, but I am incredibly productive. And I'm productive because I know what I'm working toward. I know what I'm working for. And I know why I'm doing it. And so far too many times, the reason that we get stalled out, the reason that we get frustrated, the reason that we get overwhelmed, it's not because we have too much to do. It's because we don't know what we're focused on and we don't know what actually moves the needle forward in our life and business. And so we've created this idea of unnecessary suffering as a badge of honor because our dad suffered mm. and our grandfather suffered and because sure. we've created this idea that suffering is synonymous with success. And it's not, it doesn't have to be. Right. Uh, dude, and uh, so when we when we can create a baseline of expectation for ourselves that I don't have to suffer, that I can create success in my life and in my business and in my health and in my spiritual walk, it doesn't require unnecessary suffering. It will require pain. Pain is inevitable, but mm -hmm. suffering is optional. Suffering we create in our lives often to justify an experience that we've had and to justify why we don't have what we say that we want. It doesn't have to be that way.
It's a great way to unpack that. Dude, Man, I, so I, I'm telling you, you're you're hitting me right in the heart because like what we did previously, uh, <laughs> I'll just say in a past life, there was this badge of honor for, for how hard you were working and how much you were suffering. And, and it was, it was like this uh, probably truly a toxic masculinity thing, you know, yeah. and it was like, you, nobody was winning. Nobody was fucking winning. We were just yeah. all working hard and suffering. Yeah, you if know, you, yeah. if you can't hold mm-hmm. your head up because you're so tired yeah. that you can't hold your head up anymore, sure. that you're winning. Yeah, well, and the well, last man says? standing. Yeah, last right. man standing is who wins. I'm from I'm from rural Oklahoma. <laughs> I'm from Mississippi, you, so I feel owns, you, brother. My dad owns a feed store. Amen. <laughs> there was so much guilt in my soul, not because of anything my dad did, not, not at all, but because I couldn't outwork him. Mm. And when I started making real money, like you know, like real money. There was a certain level of guilt that I had to overcome that I was shaming my family because I wasn't working hard enough in terms of physical, manual, blue-collar labor. Yeah. Mm. To justify that money. To justify yeah. what I was doing. I was solving very, very high-level problems. I solve very, very high-level problems for, for individuals and organizations. I'm one of the best at what I do, but I had to reconcile that against where I was from. Yeah, that when makes I sense. would go home, God, I'm going to take this Rolex off real quick. <laughs> yeah, I don't want, right. I'm going to take I'm going to take all this off because I don't I, like I don't want you to think I'm better than you. I don't yeah. want you to think that I think that I'm something now. I don't want you to think anything like that. But the reality is. The reality is, is that when I do put this on, it's not because I'm somebody it's. It's because I do solve really big problems. And it's because when I look at this timepiece, I'm recognized that the most valuable asset that I have is my time. Mm. Yep. And that means something. Yep. And I've invested my time into solving very, very large problems. And that means something. And that's nothing to be ashamed of. So now I go home and I hold my head up high. And you know what's funny? My family holds my head up high, too. Mm-hmm. They couldn't Guaranteed. be more proud of me. It was a yep. frame that I was creating internally. Absolutely. Yep. We were just talking about auto suggestion. It was an expectation. Listen, we can live our whole lives trying to live up to an expectation that nobody ever placed on. Yep. Mm. I agree. It's true. Man, I hope you guys are listening to this. This is good shit. Listen to it twice. (laughs) Oh, man, I'll be listening to this a lot. This is good nuggets. Dude, I, I would love to just drain absolutely everything out of you, but I don't know if it's possible. <laughs> We'd be here listen, for... if you, listen, I've heard, it, I've heard that a few times in the past. Amen. Amen. Right on, man. I think, and this is what I love right here, is it's, it's a real-life conversation with, with it, men that we want We couldn't be stuff. a bunch of dudes if we didn't get inappropriate. Yeah, no, yeah. 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 You have to. You have to. Uh-huh. The only thing we're missing is a glass of whiskey and a cigar. I mean, that's really it. The only thing you're missing is some whiskey. That's right. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. (laughs) We got our whiskey. We'll have to do another episode. Yeah, I got to come it. better prepared. Listen, next time, I'm, I'm, where are you guys at? And next time, I'll just fly in. Nashville. Nashville. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah, I'll be there. Uh, I'll, be there in, <laughs> I'll be there in mid-May. Let's do this again. Hell oh, yeah. Okay. Let's do no it. Shit. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Block we get, we'll get the mindset doctor with us too. We'll yeah. all hang let's out. Let's go. Let's get Moses. He literally just texted me. Yeah, he, yeah, shot, he, he shot a message. I was on this. Yeah. And he just texted me. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. No, he's a good dude, man. He really is a good dude. Yep. So yeah, let's uh, let's 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 make it the five of us next time. You hear it, Mosley? We're tagging you, Mosley. You're coming. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, y'all have anything? Else? I, I I really, I mean, I honestly could sit here for another two hours and and just yeah. chat with you, regardless if we were recording or not. Man, I'm looking this, forward this, to the next time. This is refreshing to me because, like Josh said earlier, this is not a 
when we see men doing what you're doing, um, it's not a competition thing. We're all competitive dudes, no doubt about it. Oh. You know, Josh yeah. wins the smallest t-shirt contest all the time. <laughs> you know, Chris wins the the biggest smile. I'm, you got the beard. I, I I don't know. I got the short guy syndrome going on, but. <laughs> But it, we are competitive dudes, but it's it is refreshing, man, and 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 we do bust each other's yeah. chops, and we love it. Um, yeah. But man, I, I, I'm glad that we're creating these connections. Uh, I know it's valuable to us. I hope we can bring some value to what you're doing. Um, Listen, in the future, anytime you guys want to chop it up, and li- literally anytime, I don't care if it's tomorrow. Anytime you guys want to do this, this has been. I'm on. This is not an arrogant statement. I'm probably on three to four, sometimes five podcasts a week. This is legitimately the most fun I've had in so long. Anytime you guys want to do this, I'm game. Dude. And literally, anytime I'm in Nashville, you guys want to sit down and do this, Hell I'm yeah. in. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Let's book yep. it. Let's that's that's, that's probably it. the best compliment we could have got For right sure. there. Yes, appreciate sir. that. Yeah, no, absolutely. We love having fun and we love making impact. So it sounds like we got a lot in common. Absolutely. That's it. That's what, listen. And and we're a bunch of men who get to say we do that for a living. Like, right. what a gift yeah, is right, that? Right, right, right. And a recognition that, like, if we can do this, any man listening, you have, at the end of the day, for us, we're, we're really looking to answer three questions. One, is it possible? Like, I see you guys are doing it. Can I do it? Yeah, of course you can. Two, do I have permission? That was a big thing for me. Remember permission to have success in my life? Permission that life after divorce could look like success for mm. a, for a man who was in ministry and a man who still is in ministry. I, I, it's just the pulpit is bigger now. Mm. And three, will you go with me? Because none of us wants to go on this journey alone. Mm-hmm. And so anytime we can answer those three questions, and that's what we're doing here in this conversation is one, we're saying, yes, it's possible that regardless of where you're from, what you've done, who you've been, who you've done it with, what you've experienced in this life, that yes, hope, mission, purpose, promise they're all present for you and they're right in front of you not as an expectation that you live up to but out of a promise that you get to live from two you have permission regardless of anything that you've experienced in this life it all had to happen in a way that brings you closer to again the fulfillment of god's finished work in your life so yes you have permission and we will absolutely be here to cheer you on and celebrate you and to be your hype men the entire way that is what this conversation is that is what this show is that is what our movement is and again, there is no competition. There is only community. We are linking arms in this, and we consider each other brothers now and moving forward. I'm in. I'm yeah, game. Yeah, Whatever. dude. What, you guys what, decide what you want to do in this life. You consider me a fan. You consider me a brother. You consider me linking arms with you. You consider me a partner. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Same. It's reciprocated, and I probably speak for these fellas as well. Absolutely. I, I mean, all I want to say is I'm ready to go charge hell with a squirt gun. You know, like I'm, <laughs> I'm ready, dude. I, I don't know of a better way to 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 wrap this up, uh, Cody. We we appreciate the hell out of it, honestly, man. And and that means a lot. Yeah. Even though it's one of those things, it's interesting because I, I remember when Mosley kind of was telling me about you, and and he said that y'all had like an instant connection. Um, and yeah, I know how he, I'm learning how he's wired. We're still getting to know each other, but like, you can tell, yeah. you can tell pretty early. Right. And, 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 um, so it, it's, um, it's a compliment and it's encouraging because you're further down the road than we are, um, doing some of the same things. Um, yeah. and, and it's an honor. Um, we but, knew you'd have fun though, but, but oh, at yeah. the same time, <laughs> at the same time, you know, we feel like the same way, you know, we, we got the same blood running through our veins too. So the, right. the community yeah. part of it is, is a huge piece. So I say we like just go kick ass and take names together and make Let's a go. lot of better men, you know? Absolutely. Let's go. So, um, tell everybody how to find you for our listeners. Yeah, so there's a one nine hundred number that you can <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna give that one out, but okay. Yeah. Go ahead, let her up. They've already called Listen, that one. <laughs> you know, you, you, there's uh you know, Cody Jefferson.com. There's a lot of different ways. 
the quickest way, you know, we found each other on Instagram. I would say of all the platforms, I mean, you can LinkedIn, Facebook, all that, but probably the most active is going to be Instagram. It's just Cody underscore Jefferson. You know, we're all in the business of telling stories. I believe everybody's got a powerful story to tell. Um, I'd love to hear yours. That just means that you share it. So just shoot me a message. Um, I'm, I'm fairly approachable. And uh, anybody who messaged me, I, I 100% respond to. We do field quite a few messages. Um, so if it takes me a day or two to get back to you, just know that I will. Um, but we'd love to connect. We'd love to serve you in any way. We'd love to, uh, to share with you, uh, you know, what we've got going on in any way we might be able to serve you in a deeper capacity. Well, and, and we can attest to that because the reason we're here right now is because you put a story out and you said something about if you have a podcast you want me to be on, send me a message. And I literally sent it right that second because I was like, yep. dude, if that opportunity is there, let's take it. And yep. uh, and it's it's been, you know, you're a man of your word for sure. So, Absolutely. Um, guys, check Cody Jefferson out. Um, whatever. I don't care. Man, woman, whatever. doesn't matter if you're still trying to figure that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering when that was going to come out. There it is. I don't know if you want. Don't send your woman to me. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Steel Girl. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I got to get some tattoos. I know, yeah. right? It's the knuckle tats. It's the, knuckle, yeah, it's the, it's the hand it is, tats man. that really differentiates. I mean, yeah. so uh, again, we appreciate you being on here, man. And guys, check this out. Check out Cody Jefferson on Instagram at Cody underscore Jefferson, I believe. Um, Shepherdsof.men for all the stuff that's coming down the pipe. Cody, we will be linking up in May. I don't even Let's know what go. camera I'm looking at, but we'll, we will communicate on this. We'll make it happen in May yeah. when you're in Nashville. Um, yeah. When Men Reforge, the high carbon experience is coming down the pipe. Uh, it's going to be about six months out for that that weekend. Uh, we want you there. We want you to be a part of what we're doing yep. there and in any capacity. Yep. So I'm one of your speakers. That's yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah, Thank buddy. you again, brother. We appreciate everything. You've been a part of the movement, and so have our listeners been a part of the movement. We'll see you soon.